Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we're going to be diving into Summer House. There's been two episodes so far this season. I am ready to recap it. I'm ready to activate. Don't activate me because you've not seen me activate. (laughs) I am ready to activate on Summer House. I have a lot of thoughts. We're also going to be talking about the Real Houses of Atlanta. Before we get into any of that, there's a couple things I want to mention. Numero uno. I am going to be a guest on the Bitch Sesh live virtual show. Uh, if you don't listen to Bitch Sesh, you should, because they're hilarious. Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider. I'll be a guest this week. Get tickets. Just go, uh, I don't know, search Bitch Sesh virtual show, and you'll be able to get tickets. And it's going to be fun. We're going to be recapping all of this Bravo stuff and having a good time. So check that out. Also, I want to mention, I saw this movie this weekend. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. And when I tell you it was a release, I didn't realize how much pent-up anxiety and stress and just negativity I had building inside of me. And I watched this movie, and it's pure joy. It's insane, ridiculous, unhinged, all of the things. But I loved it so much. I was smiling throughout the whole thing. So fun. And then again, after I was finished with it, I felt like I had some sort of spiritual release I think I might have teared. I might have cried. You know, I felt like I had a spirit, a spiritual release. Uh, and then a uh, day after I saw it, I started crying again because something came in the mail. You know, sometimes these movie studios, they send me things, which is lovely. I get so excited. I get a little package at the door. Is they send nice things. It's usually like movie promos. Some, sometimes it's food or beverages or whatever with the, with the movie logos on it. I get really excited. Well, on Saturday, the day after I saw this movie, uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar that I loved. Couldn't recommend it enough. I think it's going to be a classic we'll watch from years to come. And by the way, it also stars that Jamie Dornan. Whoo, you guys, Jamie Dornan. Can we have a moment of silence for that man? I mean, come on. He is a good looker. He's a good looker. Of course, you know him from the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, but I love seeing him in Tommy Bahama Hawaiian shirt, this movie. It was fantastic. Uh, but he's also very funny, which I did not expect. He has a musical number. I don't want to spoil any of it, but just go in and enjoy it because it's a perfect, wonderful, silly movie that we all really need right now. But so uh, the next day, Saturday, I get a little knock at the door. It's a delivery. I get so excited. I open the door. I see this package, and I open it up. And wouldn't you know it? It's a caricature. A caricature. You know how I feel about a caricature. Those of you who maybe are new to the podcast, I really think caricature artists, they should all be put in jail because honestly, no one needs a caricature of themselves. I once had one done in Myrtle Beach when I was a, a preteen or teen on the boardwalk, Broadway at the beach over in Myrtle Beach. They used to, there's an outdoor shopping space called Broadway at the beach. And let me tell you something. It's nothing like Broadway. It's just full of caricature artists and puka shell necklaces that you could buy on the boardwalk. Um, but that's not the point. The point is I once had one done, scarred me for life, scarred me forever. 
And I told you guys on the podcast, I do not care for a caricature because they really accentuate your features. So they take one thing that you already are probably insecure about, and then they just hide. They go to town. Those people, they go to town. They take a lot of creative liberties. And when I opened up the caricature that the Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar people sent me in the mail, I'll tell you, I was scared. I, <laughs> I was first scared. My next instinct was to laugh. I showed my boyfriend. I said, look at what they sent me. And he, he kind of laughed, but I could tell, I could sense that he was laughing at me, not with me, you know, and then that's when the tears started coming. That's when I had to run to the room. <laughs> I had to excuse myself, uh, because I looked at this thing and, you know, it just wasn't super flattering. It was of me and it was my picture that I have as my profile picture where I'm in my pottery barn robe. And look, the intent was, uh, kindness. The intent, I believe, the Bob and Star people really wanted me to have this nice token of appreciation for their film. And it turns out um, it was a very aggressive caricature of myself. And it all came flooding back. Maybe it wasn't even about this picture, but everything uh, of me at Broadway at the beach came flooding back to me. And it was not good. It was not good, especially after I just saw this movie with Jamie Dornan, one of the most beautiful men on the planet. And then I'm looking at my own caricature of of what I look like, apparently, to the Vista Del Mar people. Oh, you guys, it was tough. It's been a tough weekend. So I don't know. All that's to say is I think we all have a lot of pent-up emotion, and it's never about what it's about. So it's all coming flooding out whenever uh, at random. Don't know when it's going to come out, but for me, it all came out after I saw the movie, and then again after I got a caricature of myself that was movie promo. Um, but I do encourage, all that said, everyone should go rent this movie. Truly, if you just want a good time, a solid hour and a half of pure laughs, fun, joy, um, and I, you know, hopefully they don't send caricatures to everyone. You know, that wouldn't be good. But honestly, put them all in jail. Anyone who's lock them all up if they're a caricature artist. I mean, lock them, lock them up. When's Biden going to take that on? Honestly, lock them up. Um, excuse me. Uh, let's. Uh, what else do we got to say? Okay, that's it. Let's get into Summer House, you guys. So we're going to be diving into Summer House this season. I'm very excited because I love this show. I think it's perfectly suited for the state of the world in terms of like quarantine. I can watch the show without worrying about all the fucking PPE they're wearing or not wearing. You know, I'm not sitting here thinking like, where's Luke's PPE? Although, you guys, I'm so tired of Luke. I am so sick of that man. If I hear him say, uh, Hannah, I call her burn dog one more time, I can't do it. You can't do it! I can't. You are stressing me to hell. I can't. I'm not done. I'm done. I get a visceral reaction when I hear her, hear him call her burn dog. And to be honest with you, I'm on neither side. They're presenting us this love triangle that they're making it seem like oh they dated in the past summer. And you guys, I do not believe that they dated. And I actually, I'm confused about it all because we all know if we follow any of the stuff in the blogs or anything, we know that Hannah had a boyfriend, some comedian that she was with before she went back to the summer house. So now they're trying to pretend that she's uh, confused about whether or not she likes Luke. And I do understand that he's definitely what they call a fuckboy. Right. Like he's someone who's, I think, manipulative with women. And he's so beautiful, although he's doing everything in his power to not be beautiful this season, isn't he? I mean, with that, the facial, between the facial hair and the long hair and everything that's going on, it's like I just want to take a weed whacker to Luke's head and fix him up because he's a beautiful man, but it's trying to bamboozle us into thinking he's not. But 
you guys, I think he does this a lot. And so I'm certainly not on his side. But then at the same time, it's like, I think Hannah's also maybe trying to bamboozle us a little bit. And they're presenting it as this love trying on Sierra. This is her first season in, and now she's got to go along with the whole thing. And I don't even think she even knows what the fuck's going on. She's just sitting there. She's like, yeah, we fucked, you know, her and, her and Luke. You know, they hooked up a long time ago. And she's like, yeah, kind of dated. He wasn't interested, whatever. I think she's sort of got a good attitude about everything. But then Hannah's like pulling them each aside and it's awkward. And look, I'm empathetic to Hannah for, you know, maybe she was manipulated by this man. But then I get confused because I think, well, she was with the other comedian guy before she went back in the house. And so far, they haven't told us that she's dating the comedian. So I believe that now also the Bravo people are trying to bamboozle us into not thinking that Hannah's got another man outside of the house. So I ask you, what is the truth? But the real heart of the matter, when you boil it all down, the real heart of the matter is that I can't hear him say burn dog one more time. I cannot do it. And that should be our first clue that he's not into you. You know, remember that book, He's Just Not That Into You, that was made into a really average movie? Remember, he's just not that into you. I think if he adds the word dog to your nickname, he's just not that into you. You know, if he calls you, if somebody was calling me Danny Dog, you know, I'd be like, well, guess what? They're probably not into me because that's what's happening. Um, so I just don't like it. Also, we did see Luke fart this week. So even the Bravo people are trying to make it seem like Luke is unattractive. They're trying to make him unappealing. And I found him very attractive last season. Remember? And I've, we've all seen the modeling shots when he's got the blouse off. He looks amazing. And then here this season, it's like there's a, they're just randomly showing us footage of him taking a big toot in the room. It's like, we don't need that B-roll. They were getting ready for the, they were getting ready for the roller skating night. I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but they were getting ready for roller skating night. And they just show us random footage of, of Luke like, and it's like, we don't need to hear that. This is a male model. I want to just look at this pretty man instead of having to see all the hair coming out of every which part of his body. Not that I don't like a hairy man, but his is, it's all unkept. All unkept. Somebody, a producer needed to hop in there and take a weed whacker. They said she, we shouldn't even film Luke until that we maybe like clean up the facial hair and the, the uh, other top hair. Cause that one, when he finally did shave, then he had like sort of this layered haircut. And I hate to judge someone on looks, but I'm about to. He had this layered haircut that I don't know, it sort of looked like a Chris Jenner style, but like blonde. It was a strange layered cut. No shade to that, you know. No shade to that, but a, a little shade, you know. So I'm not saying that they that Luke entered the house ugly, but I am implying it. I am implying it. I, I'm getting ahead of myself, though. See, I'm getting so excited about the summer house business. We've got so much to talk about. Now, they are in a new house. I love this new house. It's much bigger. I'm curious about the layout. Like, there must be a control room there. I think it's also like MTV style where they have the confessional room there, which is exciting. Uh, Danielle is back inexplicably. I don't know. Danielle just keeps on sneaking her way into that house. I feel like she's hopped in someone's suitcase and just made her way in. I don't think she was even invited back by producers. It's like, what is she doing there? I like her too. She's pretty, she seems gorgeous, gorgeous gal, but she hasn't really given us any storyline. As far as I can remember, I can't think of one thing that she's done over the past however many seasons she's been on this show. Quite frankly, I don't even remember which season she's been on because it's like, I don't know. Was she there at the beginning? I'm not sure. Was she there the twins years? I'm unclear. Um, but she's back and Jules is not back. 
Jules, they just said, nope, Jules, I thought she was going to be a big presence this season. After last season's reunion, it seemed like they were going to get Jules in the mix, and then they just said adios to Jules. No more Jules. But we have Sierra now, and she's stunning. She's a nurse and a model. Nurse and a model. She's a, a double threat. Um, she's beautiful, and I like I like her so far, but we'll see. It's still early. Uh, what Kyle and Amanda are back, and I sort of think at a certain point they want to get married, and Kyle's pushing 40, and not to age shame, but it does seem a little strange that he's like moving into a summer house with the people in their 20s, doesn't it? I mean, I, I maybe, I don't know. And I never cared for Amanda, you guys. I know. Maybe that's not popular. But I definitely uh, do not care for Amanda. Something about, I don't know, something about Amanda. But you know who I do love is our Lindsay Hubbard. Ah, you guys, I love her. And now she's got the boyfriend in the house, Stephen, who won't make her. She wants, he wants to uh, get a sandwich from Lindsay. And she's not, she got activated as soon as he asked for the sandwich. Don't activate me because you've not seen me activated. The way that I was on the edge of my seat when that man asked her to make a sandwich. You guys, <laughs> nothing. I haven't seen a relationship that tense on screen in years. Remember that movie Marriage Story with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson? That has nothing on the scene where Stephen asked uh, Lindsay Hubbard to make him a sandwich. No, nothing, nothing. Or what was that one? Uh, remember that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet where they were like in a troubled marriage? And it was like a t- period piece. <laughs> that was nothing. The fights in that movie were nothing. Or that movie Blue Valentine. You guys, Valentine's Week. Happy Valentine's. Remember that movie Blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams? First of all, I'd like to say that I broke up with my boyfriend after we saw that movie because it was so intense. It was just, I, I we left the theater and I was like, I, I we were done because I was just so overwhelmed with emotion, and I acted like a crazy person after seeing that movie. That's why I can't see certain things. Um, but nothing in that movie had anything on the time when Stephen asked for a sandwich. She's not going to make you a fucking sandwich. And I love that she was like, uh, no. She immediately went to Danielle and was like, nope, not making a sandwich. Uh, what else? So we got Carl, too. I always uh, didn't care for Carl, and now this season I think I'm in love with Carl. I think I'm in love. In the words of Jessica Simpson, I, I I don't know, that big-eared man is really winning me over. And I, by the way, love a big-eared man. I think I've talked to you guys about that before. I love when somebody's got those big ears. Oh, I just want to grab hold of those big ears. Um, but I, Carl never did anything for me, and now he's so sweet. He's so sweet. He's uh, The way he was uh, crying about his mom's wedding... This episode, oh my god, he was in tears, and he was sad he couldn't be there. They had to watch it over Zoom. He got all dressed up, and then he called her and gave a little speech over the the FaceTime. Uh, and then they, then he made the best sandwiches. He made the sandwiches they eat together, you guys. When he did that, oh my god, you guys. I was yelling at the screen. I was like, I love you, Carl. I was moist. Anyway, he's uh, a beautiful this man this season. He feels like a different Carl. And I like that. And I hope that he stays this Carl. I hope he stays away from the drinking. When he opened up about his sibling and sort of the troubles his sibling had gone through, it made me really just realize like, okay, we need Carl to be sober, kind. It does worry me to be in a house like this to try to stay sober. You know, it seems like that would be very tough, but he's doing it anyway. And I love him now. I love him. And oh, when he was talking about his mom's new husband, Lou. 
He said, Lou is like an angel from heaven. And I cried. I cried. Uh, but the main thing is this, uh, uh, this three-way thing between Sierra, Luke, and Hannah. And we got Paige. Paige is back. She left the boyfriend at home, she, uh, which I think that goes downhill because I don't think they're together in real life anymore. But she left him at home, and she's the one kind of trying to figure out the information. So she sits down with Sierra, and that's when Sierra's like, yeah, we had I fucked Luke. And then uh, Paige asks her, like, well, how was it? And Sierra's like, well, I don't want to talk about anyone's sex game. And then Paige said, me neither, but I also do. And I love that. I love that. Paige was all of us in that moment. I do like Paige. I like Paige. I'm into Paige this season. We'll see where that goes. You know, TBD. Um then, oh, they're all having to work from the house. So we do see Kyle and Amanda. Kyle's got that like standing desk, which those always trouble me. Don't those stress you guys out? The standing desk, you got to stand up to do your work. I'm not interested. I need to be hunched over like a uh, fucking Quasimodo to get any work done. I can't be standing upright. Mm-mm. That's a lot. They even called the parents to postpone the wedding on the, on the standing computers. Which I guess I'm glad they're postponing uh, in the pandemic, unlike a lot of our housewives. You know, the housewife Cynthia Bailey would never. She just decided to go through with the the 250 person indoor wedding in the midst of a global pandemic. But that's not the point here. The point is, Kyle and Amanda did decide to postpone. Um, Kyle's look, I always said Kyle's one of the most gorgeous people on Bravo. To me, he's very, very attractive. I know Brian Moylan also, he loves him too, but I think Kyle's gorgeous. Uh, the mustache, you know, I, I can go either way. There was one scene where he had sort of a heavy mustache with other facial hair and I wasn't into it. But then when it was like just the mustache, I liked it. So I don't know. I flip flop on that mustache, but there's one thing I'm not flip flopping on and that's the self tanner. It seems like there's maybe an aggressive amount of self-tanner going on uh, within Kyle Cook. And I think he's one of the most stunning human beings. Gorgeous man. Gorgeous. Uh, but is it self-tanner or is he just hot, hot in the sun? Like, what's going on there? What's going on? Did I tell you about the girl that I went to high school with? She always had the self-tanner on her hands. On her hands. She would always come to school and, you know, she wouldn't put like a glove on. I don't know how self-tanner, I'm, you know, I'm naturally, I'm Italian, so I don't, I never use the self-tanner, but, um, this girl that I knew, she always had orange hands because she never wore a glove. Um, and she, every time she'd come to school, and I remember one time I like, she asked to borrow a pen and I gave it to her and then it came back and it was just like the outside of the pen was orange. I was like, what happened? You eating some Cheetos over there, Jenny? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening here? Why'd you get orange all over me? Um, make out with her. You look like Chester Cheeto afterwards. Not that I ever did, you know, I was into Dick, but that's not the point. The point is, um, they do watch. Oh, so Kyle and Amanda, they do postpone the wedding. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, they have a skating party, which was a lot of falling work. I wasn't really here for the skating party. It was kind of boring to be quite honest with you. Then it was Kyle's birthday. There was a tornado warning on the birthday that we were going to have a tornado. And then it just went away. Just went away. Uh, it was also revealed that Luke made out with Danielle, and they're not even acting as if that's a thing. Even the producers are like, well, no one's interested in Danielle. <laughs> they decided to make this, this, uh, um, an issue between a, a three, a threesome or what do you, a love triangle between Sierra, Hannah, and Luke. They're not even uh, contemplating Danielle. They just decided, nope. Even though he made out with her, not interested. 
Um, also, somebody had to go there to fix the stove, which made me laugh. The guy, he was like falling over to fix the stove. Um, and then they do this cute little dinner thing where they, they pretend they're waiters at Sir and serve uh, Kyle and uh, Amanda for the birthday. And I loved how Amanda planned it, but she's like, you guys are going to do the work for it. Like, <laughs> Amanda's like, this is what you're doing. You're a host now, Paige. You're a hostess. And none of them really knew what to do. Paige is like, I've never been a hostess before. But um, anyway, you guys, that's Summer House. I can't wait to just continue diving in because I am loving it. Uh, I One of my favorite shows on Bravo. And if you're not watching Summer House, you need to get in because it's fantastic. Um, with all of that said, shall we dive in? To the Real Housewives of Atlanta. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. You was just straight rude. I feel like I'm not keeping it together. So hot. This is epic. We can't show it to you here. Cynthia has no idea what she's in for tonight. Welcome to the dungeon, ladies. The Real Housewives of Atlanta returns tonight at 8, only on Bravo. Okay, The Real Housewives of Atlanta, I do have one complaint off the bat. I'm sorry to be a little bit of a downer. But my only complaint is that the episode was fantastic. It was so, so good. However, the commercial, which I just played for you guys, said the episode was going to be too hot for TV. It said, we can't even show you all of how hot it's going to be. That's what the commercial said. And then, I'm sorry, but there was nothing in the actual episode that was too hot for TV. What were they talking about? The fight over the crab cake that lasted in... This, we're in week two of the crab cake fight? No, I don't know what they were referring to that was too hot for TV. But they keep trying to tease the stripper gate. And honestly, I'm so excited for it. I don't need it because I feel like this episode delivered on its own. I thought it was wonderful. Um, but they're teasing it so much, so I'm going to the episodes thinking, oh, I'm going to see some, some, uh, some dick, excuse my language, and then also some sort of fallout from it. And then that's not what happened. We saw maybe like a glimpse of the strippers in the cages. And by the way, those strippers in the cages, they weren't designer. And I just love that. Love everything about that. I like that Don Juan organized the strippers. You know, we'll get to all of that. Um, but I just want to say they were misleading. Bravo was bamboozling us and misleading us into thinking that this was going to be the episode with the strippers. And it was not. It was not. Anyway, uh, let's start from the beginning. Let's go back. Go back to the beginning. In the words of Hillary, <laughs> Hillary Duff, uh, we're at the Isle of Palm, day two. 
Now, we uh, ended last week with Marlo and Kenya fighting over the dinner table. And I've been going back and forth with this, with Marlo and Kenya. Do I want them to continue feuding? Because their feuds are really funny. Of course, Kenya more hair care. Kenya more hair care. That was hysterical. But now I think I'm changing my tune. And now I think I want to see them team up and become friends again. Have a sisterhood. I think it could be really, really fun. And Marlo had this very vulnerable moment where she said, Kenya reads me to death. And it was so, every time Marlo shows us another side to herself, I love her more and more. Remember, was it last season when we saw her with the nephews? It's just, I love learning more about Marlo. And uh, it was beautiful to see this vulnerable side of her that I just don't think we've seen on the show of her saying, look, you read me to death. Really, really beautiful. Now, uh, when they finished that dinner, they sort of all made a truce, and then everyone decided to go back to their rooms. And what really struck me about this moment was that Cynthia stuck back in the kitchen and decided to grab a Ziploc bag, and she packed up a bunch of the pig for Mike. She she packed up the pig for the pig. <laughs> no, Mike's not a pig. Uh, I'm kidding. But she did get a Ziploc bag, and uh, Portia, I think, said that's a very auntie thing to do. And I understood it. You know, I love a to-go bag. I love... Uh, leftover. There's nothing I love more than food that's in a styrofoam container that was left over from the night before. I love it. I, I used to live with my brother Brian when I was uh, in college, and he would go by. He was out of college, and he had a girlfriend. He would go out to dinner, and they would come back, and usually they'd have leftovers that they'd bring home, and it would never be around the next morning because I'd go sneak right in the fridge and eat the leftovers, even if they were the girlfriend's leftovers. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. It's my truth, though. I would eat whatever was in that fucking styrofoam container. I loved it. And so when Cynthia, who I've been turning on this whole season for having the super spreader wedding in the midst of a pandemic, all of a sudden she started to win me over when she got that Ziploc bag and started loading it with leftover meat for her husband, future to be husband. That was the Cynthia that I like. And uh, I haven't seen her in quite some time. Um, but I did remember that they're out of town and I was trying to figure out the logistics of this. Was she going to travel with this bag of meat on that bus? Was she just going to have meat in her, in the bus for seven hours? How long? Didn't it take them like seven or eight hours to get to this place? Is she just going to carry it on the bus with her? The logistics of the meat in the Ziploc bag were a little confusing to me, but I did like that she did it. Did like that she did it. Now, Kenya goes up to her room and just sort of ignores everyone. The rest of the gals want to stay up and talk, talk and have fun. Kenya decides she's going to go up to her room. Candy goes up there and there's this weird fourth wall breaking where Kenya is at the door. She won't open the door fully, but Candy's like, hey, Kenya, coming downstairs? And Kenya's like, why the fuck are the cameras here? And Candy's like, the cameras were here first. And Kenya just closes the door. She said she's not going to do it. Um, and Candy goes back downstairs. And all the other women, they've been having some cocktails. They just had a pig roast. And they're feeling good. And they all start to talk about how Kenya did this trip and she's got the baby. So they understand why Kenya is with the baby. But they're all upset because their babies are all at home. No one told them that their kids were allowed on this trip. So there's uh, conflicting feelings about this. And Candy starts doing that shaking cry voice because she says she left the kids at home. And when Candy gets into that voice, it's like, uh, 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 you know, that shaky cry. It breaks my fucking heart. I don't like to hear that from Candy. She gives it to us a couple times a season. And every time she does, my heart breaks into a million little pieces. Uh, but um, I do not like when she does it. They all, uh, though, this week have new confessional looks. Did you notice? 
Drew had a new confessional. Portia had a new look with the feather earrings. I believe that was new. They all look great. They all look great. Now, the next day, uh, we have to deal with the Breonna Taylor verdict, which was such an interesting thing to see on this show. And I was really, I was really thinking about this. I thought it was a beautiful moment when they watched the verdict, although also heartbreaking because, of course, I don't believe it was the right verdict. But uh, I think it was great to see this on television. But there's something that bugged me about it in terms of like the whole world of Bravo, because I watch all of these shows and I didn't recap the Real Houses of Orange County this past season, although I did watch it and I shared a, a few little stray thoughts. But even at the reunion, when they were talking on Orange County about the Black Lives Matter movement, I think Shannon said, like, I don't get political. And then that was like an argument throughout the season, too, where it's like, we don't get political. And here on Atlanta, they are talking about all of these real world issues, and they're dealing with them. And it sometimes just feels like the other casts just decide to absolve themselves from this very real world issue of Black Lives Matter movement. I don't know. It's something bummed me out. I don't know if I'm explaining it properly, but it just bummed me out that, uh, of course, these black women, as in real life, are having to do the heavy lifting when it comes to the representation of the Black Lives Matter movement on the network. Does that make sense? I wish, I, I know there has been moments, of course, on uh, Orange County Bronwyn did bring it up. And so there are other instances, but by and large, it feels like a lot of the other shows are able to just say, oh, we don't. They, th- this is what they say. We don't deal with politics. Uh, and then something like a- the Atlanta cast has to do the heavy lifting or married to medicine, which is coming back. You guys, I saw a sneak of the first, um, episode of the season. And first of all, it's fantastic. If you're not watching married to medicine, I don't know how many more times it's, uh, tell you to watch it. You got to watch it. It's so good. One of the most consistent shows ever on Bravo. I think every season has been good starting from the beginning. People reach out, they say, when should we start watching? I think from season one, there's a pool scene in season one that is truly iconic on Married to Medicine. Uh, but I saw the upcoming season that premieres, I don't know, it premieres in a couple weeks, and it's so, so good. Uh, and they also deal with the Black Lives Matter movement and police brutality and all of these issues in a beautiful way. And uh, obviously, uh, on Married to Medicine and the Real Houses of Atlanta, these are issues that are hitting close to home. I just wish, I don't know, I wish all the other shows we could see at least some conversation, some more conversation, I should say, about about these issues. Um, but let's see. So then, oh, the candy starts uh, preparing for Cynthia's dungeon party bachelorette, which I just think is so funny. And I was I was imagining like Beverly Hills doing this. <laughs> I don't know, because Candy, she had all the like outfits for everyone, which I love. She brought everyone their separate outfit, and they were in bags. And Portia grabbed the bag. It was like, you know, two ounces or something. She's like, what the fuck? Are there clothes in here? And it was, it was so light as a feather. And Candy's like, that's your whole outfit, including shoes, she said. And let me tell you something, those bags did not look heavy, especially if they included shoes. I think Candy said, they got. I even got you shoes. And I feel like shoes were the only thing in that bag. It was like a G-string and some shoes. And all I could think about was like, if the Real House was a Beverly Hills, if they decided to do a dungeon bachelorette party, and uh, if one of the gals, like Kyle Richards, just handed everyone a bag of like... <laughs> Outfits. That's why Atlanta's so good. That's why it's so good. So then, oh, we do have this scene with Candy and Kenya. They sit down, 
And Candy says to Kenya, look, you've been annoying me this trip. She brings up the crab cake situation, which I love this crab cake fight. I know I threw some shade at it earlier, but I do love that they're arguing over crab cake. And Candy even says to Kenya, look, I don't even care about the private jet. She's like, yeah, you did take a private jet. You didn't tell anyone. But what really pisses me off is that you got crab cake sandwich and you didn't get me a crab cake sandwich. And (laughs) so good. You don't fuck with candy in her food. You just simply do not do it. But Kenya herself, you know, she just explains to Candy, look, she's on the brim, as it were, in the words of Brittany from Vanderpump Rules. She's on the brim. She's got the problems with the husband. And here's my problem with Kenya. I think she just needs to explain this to the other women, which she sort of does later in the episode. But look, single mothers have the hardest job out of anyone in the whole fucking world. If you're a single mother out there, you pat yourself in the fucking back right now. And you look in the mirror and you say, good job, girl. Because you have the hardest job in the world. And Kenya is right now raising this child. Yes, she has a nanny, of course, uh, who's on the trip with her. But it's still emotionally taxing. I don't care how much help you have. If you are a single parent and your husband you're, you know, is off doing something else, living in another state, or your ex-husband or the parent of your child... You are emotionally taxed. And so I get it. I just think Kenya needs to explain that to these other women. And I got to say, Candy, a good friend. Candy's always got Kenya's back. I feel like Candy is like a very loyal person. And I like that about Candy. Always very loyal. Um, but then Kenya eventually does apologize for the crab cake to even the rest of the women. And <laughs> she said, she said to all of the women, she said that crab cake was everything. And that's when Portia was like, you know what? Kenya's like Maleficent. Portia said she's just like Maleficent, an evil Disney villain. Uh, you guys, it was good. So then we cut to the next day or, or the next afternoon. Latoya was running a workout class, which just reminded me of the time when Kenya and Phaedra came out with competing workout tapes. I mean, that was television. Was that not great TV? When they had the donkey booty versus the stallion booty, I, that was everything to me. Everything to me. And also, uh, in this scene, when they were doing the workouts, they like stopped for a moment to just take shots. And I thought, I thought Billy Blanks would never. Like, could you imagine just uh, going to a, a Barry's boot camp or a Tai Bo class and they just hand you a shot? I would take that class. Um, so then we cut to the women all sitting down for the Brianna Taylor announcement, which we talked about. And what also really struck me about this scene was Latoya and Tanya said uh, they're both from Canada. And they said they don't have the same experience with police in Canada. And uh, that was interesting. I never, I, I don't know, I never thought about, you know, these two women being from Canada together. I didn't even really think I remembered that Latoya was from Canada. Um, but it was a very heavy, uh, heavy thing. And watching these black women watch this verdict just was a lot. And sometimes I say that this real world stuff shouldn't be in these shows. But this was a situation where I think this was important to show. And uh, just uh, tough to watch, but I hope maybe it opened up some people's eyes. Um, And they had this moment where they said uh, they did a little montage where it's like, uh, say her name. Did you catch this? Where they the producers in the confessionals had all the women say, say her name, Brianna Taylor, say her name. And this is, again, the kind of energy that I wish was carried over into some of the other white-led housewife uh, franchises. And I think, I hope that... Uh, it happens in the future. I know Bravo's in sort of this moment where they're trying to diversify a lot of their casts. And so I'm hopeful going forward that 
it will have a little bit better balance too on these shows where it's not like, you know, every city is just either all white or all black because, um, I think we need to diversify a lot of these. Anyway, um, let's see. Then we cut to dinner. Drew goes in on Kenya a bit, which was interesting. And Kenya said to her, uh, I, or she says in her confession, I've been ne- nothing but nice to Drew. And I was thinking, Kenya, have you been nothing but nice to Drew? I feel like maybe Kenya hasn't directly been mean to Drew, but I do feel like Kenya has at least supported Latoya's meanness to Drew in terms of like the wig and everything, you know, that whole situation. So I don't know if she could say she's been nothing but nice. Um, but Kenya is sort of explaining to all these women at the dinner table, like, this is what I'm going through. She said, if, if you want us to be a sisterhood, step up and be, she says, step up and be my motherfucking village then. Be my village, Kenya says. And while she's having this big speech about being my village and a sisterhood, Tanya is just ordering chicken wings. <laughs> I loved it. She just was ordering, Kenya was having her big monologue moment. She's ready to get the Emmy. Kenya was going for that Emmy, and then Tanya's just like, yeah, we'll have the chicken wings, and then bring us the mozzarella sticks, or whatever it was she was ordering from the waiter. And then Kenya eventually pointed it out. She's like, look, I'm trying to talk here. Um, But Drew says that Kenya talks over and doesn't listen. And Drew, in her confessional, says that she might need to look into that with her marriage. And that's not something Kenya's going to take very well. I'm sure Kenya was watching that episode. And even though Kenya and Mark are no longer together, I believe, Kenya's not going to take that well. And I imagine the reunion, there's going to be some explosions between Drew and Kenya. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And then when the food arrived, they all sort of stopped fighting. And the food looked so good, I was salivating. I was salivating at those chicken wings. Uh, I love a chicken wing. Love a Buffalo Wild Wings, a chicken wing. Mm, 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 mm. I haven't eaten yet today, so excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Anyway, uh, then Candy says, it's time for the drama to be done. And I thought, is it? Like, we haven't had a ton of drama, Candy. You know, when she said that to the dinner table or in her confessional, when she said it's time for the drama to be done, I thought, I don't think so, Candy. I feel like we're just getting into it now. We're finally getting some episodes here. You know, I felt like we had six or so episodes at the beginning of this year where nothing happened. And now things are starting to get good. We got real world stuff. We got some petty drama. We got some strippers coming and some designer strip clothes. So I'm not ready for the drama to be done, Candy. But I do, I do love that they're all kind of getting along. Shamia eventually at the table makes everyone do a fake phony laugh. And then everyone's like, <laughs> wasn't that a good moment where Shamia's like, everyone do a fake laugh, a fake laugh. The whole group of everyone doing the fake laugh. Oh, it made me laugh. And then meanwhile, Candy's like ready to get back to the house that they're all staying in because she's like, she knows there's dick back at the house. So she's texting with Don Juan and they show us the text. Candy's like, we're on our way back. And then Don Juan writes back, the package has arrived. And then that's when we end the episode where everyone is, uh, we see the strippers in the masks in the Chanel and uh, they're in the cages. And I'm excited for next week. I just, I'm, I feel like next week, hopefully this is going to be this thing that we've been leading up to for so long because, uh, at this point, I've been waiting for it for so long. I need it. I need it in my bones. We can't, don't tease me for any longer. Bravo. You either show me the strippers or don't. I can't have another lead up episode where you're tricking me. 
Don't try to tell me that there's stuff that's too hot for TV. Because this episode had nothing that was too hot for TV. I'm sorry. Don't don't bamboozle me in the commercial. I won't I won't stand for it. Um, so you guys, that's the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, again, I want to tell everyone to get tickets to the Bitch Sesh Live virtual show later this week. It's going to be a good time, and I'll be recapping stuff there. I will also have a new episode of Everything Iconic later this week. I have some good interviews coming your way. Uh, I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And the Salt Lake City reunion you guys, we didn't talk about that yet. That first part of the reunion was great. Was it not everything? I felt like they all stepped up. I wasn't expecting Mary to get in the mix so much. You know, Mary, they said she fell asleep uh, on the reunion, and then here she was at the reunion getting in everyone's business. And I mentioned this on Twitter, but what I loved about Mary's reunion performance is that she didn't give a fuck, and she didn't seem to come in with any sort of pre-planned alliance with anyone else. It felt like she went in there fresh. She was getting, getting into everyone's thing. There was one point where it was like Heather was sticking up for Mary, and then Mary just decided to turn on Heather. Then she turned on Lisa. Then she turned on Jen. Where's the other women? I felt like they all had alliances. I felt like Whitney and Heather, they probably had a conversation on the phone saying, we stick up for each other. Jen and um, Lisa, for sure. They had an alliance, I think, going in. Meredith and uh, Meredith and maybe Heather. I don't know. They all had a little alliances. I'm not sure who Meredith had an alliance with. But I felt like they all definitely called each other. And I think Jen and Lisa said, nope, we're not going to fight with each other. We'll go after the other ones. And then Heather and uh, Mer- Heather and Lisa, too. Or Heather and... Um, I'm getting all the names mixed up, you guys. My brain is blurry. 
my brain, brain is blurry. It's been a week, y'all. It's been a week. But it was a fantastic reunion. Again, the snowy set was beautiful. Andy seemed at the top of his game. It looked like Andy hasn't had a better reunion in years. He seemed so happy. There was one moment where Jen gave sort of a half-assed apology to Heather, and Andy was started laughing. He giggled. He giggled, and he's just like, oh, really? Like, that's all you're going to say? And Jen was like, what? <laughs> Andy loved it. And I love to see Andy loving it. Love to see Andy loving it. And Jen Shaw was very subdued, too. I also feel like, you know, we've been hoping that uh, we've been wanting this side of Jen, and it seemed nice. She was very level-headed. I think she had a great reunion performance so far. So these women, honestly, my one of my favorite shows on TV on Salt Lake City, you guys, it's just so good. So, so good. So uh, later on this week... Again, I'll have an interview episode, and then I'll be recapping all the Bravo stuff on the Bitch Sush Live shows. You can check that out there. Um, if you want access to the Everything Iconic bonus episodes, I just posted a new one. It's a recap of Sex in the City Season 1, Episode 8. And you guys, that episode has an appearance from Uncle Frank from the Home Alone movies. Look what you did, you little jerk! <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I recap it over on the Everything Iconic Patreon page, which you can access by going to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I do one a month. More importantly, the money helps to support this show, and I'm recapping Sex and the City from the beginning, so there's eight recaps already up there. So if you've never subscribed to the Patreon, go subscribe. You can binge all eight episodes of those. Um, they're really, really fun, I think. Um, I'm biased, but I think it's great. So check that out. You can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, go to the Everything Iconic store at everythingiconic.store and uh, go watch Barb and Star, despite the fact that they gave me a caricature that was very uh, insulting to my eyes. Um, but I love them. I love that movie so, so much. So let's take a little minute to do a cool down. So let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. And let's take one more deep breath in, you guys. Let's hold it. Breathe out. Guys, I love you all so much for listening. Uh, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll talk later this week. Bye-bye.